When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ah, yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Monday Night Raw After Show on Wrestling Inc. I'm Jack Farmer, he's Justin Labar, and he's Raj Geary, at Real Jack Farmer, at Justin Labar, at The Raj Geary, by the way. And we have a show for you. It's going to be good. We have some news I'm pretty sure is on everyone's minds right now, but it wouldn't be appropriate if I didn't start by first talking about how great HelloFresh is. It's time to spring into something delicious with HelloFresh. Every week, you get fresh pre-portioned ingredients and recipes delivered to your door. Get 16 free meals plus three free gifts with code INC16 at HelloFresh.com slash INC16. My favorite uh, meal by mail course uh, america's number one meal kit that's what i'm trying to say here fellas uh but we had quite a, a interesting monday before monday how are you guys raj how was your weekend uh mine was mine was good it's been uh my, my wife was out of town she uh, went out with a friend of hers to arizona and they did a trip so i had my daughter's uh, uh for the weekend and it was it was a blast got to do a bunch of stuff um yeah, I got to spend some quality time. And so, yeah, yeah, I loved it. And Justin, did you do anything fun this weekend? Mm, what did I do this weekend? Eh, nothing really. No, just no. I had some family time. Oh, well, that's, that's always good. That's a had good some, time. Had, right? some fa- had some family time. <laughs> yeah, down, you know, keeping it chill weekend. Did some grilling. Uh, and, you know, got to have rest and relaxation and prep for next Saturday. I saw Wrestling Inc. was giving away a promo code via Twitter because next Saturday – can see it on fight tv spencer slade a labar guy going up against a former labar guy in rhino uh, at iwc proving ground so just getting get myself pumped up ready you know i don't i don't want to look into the crystal ball too much but it feels like every time you get around a ring justin labar something goes poorly for you you get choke slammed or something like that if people want to see you get beat up they got to tune in this saturday no such thing's gonna happen don't fall to advertise <laughs> Well, uh, let's chat about some news coming up. What everyone has been thinking about and talking about. Ric Flair is returning to the ring. Uh, WWE Hall of Famer Ric Flair has confirmed he will be making his in-ring return for one final match on July 31st for Jim Crockett Promotions. The Nature Boy announced the news on Twitter by writing, The rumors are true. I'm going to walk that aisle. Style and profile one last time. July 31st, Nashville, Tennessee. Jim Crockett Promotions. I will prove once again that to be the man, you got to beat the man. Now we go to school. Woo! Ticks at Ric Flair last match.com. 
this was a uh, this is a, a big news, and obviously has a lot of people talking. Raj, I put him at number one all time. He's coming back for one more match. How do you feel about that? I don't know. Uh, you know, given his health issues, and he's in his seventies. I, I personally don't like it. I'll probably watch it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's looking like it's going to be uh, Ric Flair and FTR against, I, I believe it's the Rock and Roll Express and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. So Ricky Steamboat returning to the ring as well. Um, you know, I, I, I mentioned, on, I've mentioned on this podcast before, but I found uh, this quote that uh, a friend of mine wrote in my 1992 yearbook in high school. And he wrote, uh, you know, I hope we be friends for a, for a long for an even longer time flair will always rule and i hope our kids see flair wrestle and oh my daughters now are old enough and they can actually see rick flair wrestle live so that is just insanely wild to me but 30 years later um uh, but yeah it's uh I don't know, man. Uh, I'm sure it, it's a six-man tag. He's going to be very safe. I think he's going to pick his spots, maybe do a couple bumps, but I'm sure they'll be really safe with him. Justin, is this now, of course, as Raj alluded to, the fear of the age and the health and things like that. Personally, I've always been a bit of a believer of uh, it's their, their, you know, their, his call. He if, if he thinks he can go and everyone's okay with it, it's up to them. But uh, it, at, at some level, is it at the very least kind of nice? It feels like he gets to kind of go out his own way as opposed to, I think a match with Sting and TNA was his last actual match. No, I don't buy that. He, he had the perfect opportunity to go out as well as anybody can at a WrestleMania against Shawn Michaels. And now I understand, you know, money has always been a little bit of a thing with the nature boy. He's got some, he doesn't got some, uh, he's always gonna live this lifestyle, of the Nature Boy, whether whether the whether the checking account matches, and so he ended up having other matches. But <clears throat> this just feels like a, just a big smash and grab job for a payday. I, and like, you know, all, what what do you want to do when you see Ric Flair live at this point in 2022? You want to hear the music, you want to hear him and see him woo, you want to see him strut, hear him say some of the phrases. That's what you want. Who wants to see Ric Flair? Wrestle in a ring, and like Ross said, it would it, he's, he'll probably be pretty well protected. Uh, you know, six man tag is not like they're act, acting asking him to pull the load in a singles match. But I, I just, who really wants to see that? And by the way, if his counterpart, if his elderly counterpart is going to be sixty nine year old Ricky Steamboat, Ricky Steamboat does not look sixty nine. Uh, Ricky Steamboat, at least when I saw him a few years ago in person, and he was doing a training seminar, he still looks in terrific shape and still moves very well. Uh, so I, you know, like, you know, I just, it's not, I I, just, I don't know. I, I've seen the movie, the wrestler. I see, I saw Randy, the Ram go out there. I know age is just a number. I know age is all about how, you know, it's, 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 it's not about what your age is. It's how you feel. It's not about your age. It's what you eat. It's not about your age. It's the, 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 the age of the women you're hanging around. You can't fake the fact that he's 73 and he's had the health problems he's had in the last couple years. So he has a pacemaker. Yes. <laughs> I mean, at what point do we. I don't know. Like Raj said, probably it's got that car crash mentality of curiosity where you, all right, can I tune in? I guess I see it, but I don't know. Yeah. Don't Chris know. Cruz, former WCW announcer is trying to get it shut down. It's writing to the athletic commission or he, he actually already wrote to the athletic commission. So 
Well, if he's upset about it, he has. Uh, if he wants someone to blame for it, he can blame all the fans that chanted "Fight Forever." I mean, that's that's where it comes down to. We I blame think. you. We blame you. It's the like fans. An edge promo. <laughs> <laughs> you said "Fight Forever," and here I am. <laughs> uh, I'm not him. gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. If I was able to see it, I'd probably go see it. And guys, we're seeing your comments. We'll we'll, we'll get to Sasha and Naomi here in a second. We're just <laughs> yeah letting everyone settle in. Yeah, we're waiting for everyone to settle in and find their seats before we get into the big the big talking point of the day. Uh, one of the big talking points I do want to cover real quick is Eric Bischoff and CM Punk. Speaking of Twitter melting down and everyone going crazy for what's getting posted up there. Eric Bischoff continued his jabs directed at CM Punk on the latest episode of 83 Weeks Podcast after the two got into it this past week on Twitter. To add context to the story, Bischoff has been very critical of CM Punk since the former WWE champion made a comment about himself, Adam Cole, and Brian Danielson's arrival in AEW, being bigger than Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, Scott Hall, and Kevin Nash in WCW. Uh, said he wasn't, Bischoff said, he, I wasn't picking a fight. I was responding. Punk had some very edgy comments that I'm assuming were directed to me because they were in response to something Conrad and I said in a very interesting conversation about current wrestling. Um and then he went on to say, this is the big thing. Uh, this guy has to be the biggest financial flop in the history of wrestling. Now, wrestlers going back and forth on Twitter is nothing new, Raj. But my question to you is, does Eric Bischoff have a, po- has a, have a point? Is CM Punk the biggest financial flop <laughs> in the history of wrestling? Well, of course not. And I, I, I need to listen to what Bischoff was saying, because it sounds like he was probably referring to TV ratings in in. in and t- when he was talking about dynamite, because I mean, right off the bat, CM Punk at All Out, that pay per view did over two hundred thousand buys. AEW pay per views generally do, you know, around one fifty. So that's fifty thousand extra buys at fifty bucks a pop. You know, that's you know two point five million. You take out the half that goes to the distributors, and AEW gets one point two five million right off the bat uh, with with Punk's you know first match. Not to mention selling out the United Center. Uh, their next pay-per-view next two pay-per-views also did, you know, way above average. So, uh, what they've been doing. So yeah, a financial flop overall, definitely not all the merchandise that CM Punk moves. Uh, if he's referring to TV ratings, that's a whole, that's a different thing. Um, and you know, we don't know how much AEW is making for a 30 second spot for, for dynamite or rampage. And if that's gone up, since punk came in or if it stayed the same um ratings are have been pretty steady for aew i mean they're pretty steady with last year whereas almost everything else is down so um but their ratings have also uh over the last nine months or so been um they've kind of peaked and then plateaued and they're at that one million viewer mark and you know somewhere high high point threes low point fours in the 1849 demo so again it it, you need more i I just need more context i need to hear the whole thing but as far as a financial flop that's definitely not the case overall he did go on to say it was primarily tv ratings uh is what he was talking about um there was it was a very long quote and i didn't want to be reading for the next 10 minutes you guys can see Uh, it on wrestling inc (laughs) yeah go to wrestling inc Uh, there's a lot more to it than that but it's fun to just read the highlight of (laughs) the biggest financial (laughs) flop uh but but justin i do you think Bischoff has a point here? I love watching people in wrestling argue on Twitter. It's one of my favorite things. But what do you uh, what what do you think about this? There's no shortage of it for you. Um, 
No, no, like, no, obviously he's not the biggest flop, even if we're just talking TV ratings. But I, I actually think, I think the a point, first off, when Punk came in, yeah, all, you know, the, the tough thing too is looking at the bigger picture. Cause like when Punk came in, it was him. And yeah, you're drawn to the, the, the September pay per view. But then, like, not long after, you have Brian Danielson, you have Adam Cole. So you have a lot of the names. So, like, then looking since then, okay. If there is a spike somewhere, you know, unless you're looking at, you know, quarter hour segments or whatever, I mean, it is it, it is a little tough, I guess, maybe to tell who is making an impact. And as Rush said, things have kind of, you know, peaked and then leveled off in some ways. I, I think I, Punk's not the biggest financial flop. I think if you want to talk about like financials and question marks and, and, and bigger picture things, it's it's more or less like Tony Khan's obviously signed a lot of guys and girls. And then the names that are getting bigger and bigger in the last year as they become more available and as, as, as AEW becomes more established, incredible. And you know, based upon what we think he's getting from TV ratings and then uh, TV rights and then like Russia, we don't know what 30 second spots are getting. You know, it feels like Tony's taking a gamble of loading up his arsenal of his roster uh, and, and and performing in hopes that the next distribution deal he gets will be much grander and it can further financially support what he's doing. You know, I think that's the question mark. Is that going to happen? And obviously with with Discover, with um, the, the merger that's going on, with Warner, I mean, it's that—that's the question to me of, of terms about flops. It's not so much immediate like punks a flop or anything, but big picture, just strategy going to work. And I know that he will trim and lose some people on the roster as their contracts expire, and he realizes they're not—he's not using them or they're not as valuable. But that's what I kind of watch. The big picture is—is uh, is the gamble that he's taking to bring in these big names um, going to going to pay off in, in the in the way of distribution. Yeah, I always thought of him with, with CM Punk, and I, I'm just kind of speculating here, but I always thought his real value was he added credibility to signing new people. I always think I'm a Seattle Seahawks fan. I remember before they got Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson, no one wanted to sign with the Seahawks. They couldn't sign a free agent to save their life, but then they got those two, and suddenly now they can sign free agents. I thought where CM Punk's value may not be on a, uh, a ledger anywhere, but I do think that when guys like Adam Cole's contract comes up, he goes, oh, okay, well, CM Punk's over there, and then that Brian Danielson goes, "Oh, CM Punk's over there." That's well, that's to, a lot his value was to a degree. But then the the flip side of that, Jack, the the to play devil's advocate, the flip side is guys like Punk come in, you know, and they all you know Punk's on TV every week. Guys like Punk come in, he occupies a segment every week. Well, that's one less spot that somebody else might have got, and so then when though so then when those talents, you know, look at back when they're when their two year deal, three year deals up, and they're like, you know, I. It's really gone down that some of these more veteran guys that come in, you know, okay, maybe there's an opportunity somewhere else, WWE, Impact, whatever, you know, and then and then it's the older guys that took that spot. Well, the older guys like Punk aren't going to be around for, I mean, they're, you know, they're, I'm sure they have a limit of how much they, so it, the flip side is you, is, is that delicate balance, kind of like what MJF is playing into, whether it's work, shoot, or some combination. It's kind of that, you know, thing of like, you know, I'm seeing all these other guys come in and getting all this money, and I'm way better than all them, and I'm getting paid way less. I don't know. It's it's a it's a very it's a very funny and delicate balance to watch. Luckily, we don't have to do anything but watch and and just yap about it. Right. You know, obviously, Tony Khan's the one that has to manage it. But right. And speaking yeah. of Tony Khan managing things, oh, did you have a uh, something to add? Oh no, no, no. I was gonna say, speaking of t- uh, Tony Khan managing things, uh, he uh, spoke with Forbes recently about Vincent Mann having a habit of ripping up the <laughs> WWE Raw script on the day of the show. It has been reported many times over the years that the script for the Red Brand has been changed just hours before showtime. I think it happened today too. We're going to talk about that. Uh, we keep teasing it, folks. It's coming. It's it's the next story. So stay tuned. We we should have like a, a Cody countdown, but for when we're going to talk about <laughs> Sasha Banks. Uh, Sasha. Uh, 
Naomi in 12 minutes, 30 seconds. Uh, Tony went on to say, to be honest, when I hear about somebody going in and they have a TV show on Monday that they rip up, my first thought is, what were you doing all weekend? Because I work my butt off on weekends. I have to come in with a plan for Wednesday and Friday night. I want to make sure Dynamite's great and Rampage. Um, this is uh, something that we hear, we've been hearing for a very long time that – Vince McMahon likes to rip up the script and change everything on Mondays. And Tony says, I don't know why he does that. Justin, does he have a, a real point or is this just another Tony Khan taking shots at the, uh, at the flagship WWE? I know. I mean, he does have a point. I mean, I, you know, obviously Vince is involved in so many things. So like operationally, you know, I guess by the, how the workflow is and just again, the machine, he, you know, some things he just, I guess don't get to him now these days until, Monday, we're, we're far removed from the days where he sat around the pool of his house and wrote the shows. But um, I know, I mean, so Tony Khan has a point, I, you know, like it's it, it's 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 the downfall of being as big as you are uh, being WWE is that Vince is such a hands on guy and he's he's, he, he, he's so involved still that I guess it comes to that sometimes he's, he's he's ripping stuff up on the day of now, obviously, again, when uh, talents do things that make you have to change, as we'll talk about in a second, I get it. But yeah, I mean. There's a point. I mean, it, it, Tony Khan's got a point, but I also, I guess, I'll be interested. I'd be interested to ask Tony Khan that same question or, or about the same situation. Let's say in five years from now or ten years from now, if AEW is still going strong and has presumably then grown, what has Tony Khan had to do to still try to have final say, like Vince does, but it can't be involved in all of the day-to-day work throughout the week so you know we'll see but uh, no I, but i mean it was actually a kind of a very funny quote by him because it's hard to argue with asking that question of what were you doing all weekend <laughs> right no exactly but raj what's your take on that i'm pretty sure vince is pretty busy on the weekends too it's not like i i, I think he's just you know drinking mojitos at, by the pool um but i mean to justin's point i it's hard to disagree I mean, you don't hear about other TV shows like the day they're going to start filming, you know, where they're just like, ah, we're ripping up the script and redoing it. At least uh, successful TV shows, you don't hear about that. Look, I've always said with Vince, you know, um, he's obviously a creative genius. I mean, obviously a genius. Sorry. <clears throat> um, he was a creative genius at one point. I really believe that. Um, but I do think part of being a genius businessman is putting the right people in place. And he's has done that everywhere else. I mean, Nick Khan has been amazing to hire. Uh, just up and down, you know, the, the the structure and the organization. I mean, it's a billion dollar plus company. So he's been able to do that, except creatively. He hasn't found like the right people in charge to where he can stay out of it and, and trust the process and move people in and out. Uh, that'll make the creative part, the best. Now, I think Raw and Smack, especially Raw, Raw is better now than it's been in years and years, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like. Uh, there's still a lot of uh, repetition, a lot of repetitiveness and same matches over and over, but it's it, it's definitely improved. SmackDown, it all depends. Like, I thought it was really good for a while, and then since Brock left, and when Roman's not on, the show feels kind of, it just feels kind of completely missable. Mm-hmm. Um so, yeah, I just think Vince just hasn't found the right creative uh, uh, vibe or, you know, the system uh, to, that where he he doesn't need to change uh, scripts the day of the show. I almost wish that he could. 
I know that there's so much content, and so the writing team is so huge because, you know, in addition to Monday and Friday, they they have, you know, they have there's you know, even they have to have a writer that's you know writing who's going to go out on main event, uh, the show main event, or when they had 205 Live or whatever. I really wish we could get a, a couple veteran retired wrestlers. Um, you know that that Vince control. You know, it's it's almost like perfect world. Get like the you know kind of like how NXT kind of is, especially how it was under under the black and gold. Get a Shawn Michaels, get an Undertaker, get some veteran guys that you can trust that were like at, at the best points, leaders in the locker room, could put aside egos, could do the right thing. Now we're completely removed. So they don't have a hand in the game. They don't have their character to benefit from, so they don't need a book. Like just get get a smaller group like that. That is that Vince says you guys are leading the way and. What you got? What you guys? What you guys decide is where we're gonna go, and maybe you have a few second level writers who are doing the actual physical typing, the actual, you know, some of the grunt work, if so to speak. Um, but just get a, a core group, you know, kind of like how again how it was for Vince around the pool when he had Pat Patterson, and like just get back to that rather than a committee of twenty plus writers from all different walks of life, uh, and because then that's what's gonna happen. Then they're gonna get some Monday, and okay, well I don't want to do this, and we rip everything up. Yeah, it's overbloated right now. I think that's Vince's favorite part is the creative. I think that's the last thing he'd ever get rid of. I've never met him or talked to him, but that's just my wild speculation. And conversation. <laughs> uh, based on that, but based on his interview with uh, Pat McAfee, it seemed like that was his favorite. That's like his favorite stuff is doing that kind of stuff. So, um, but I don't know. We will see. Let's say, let's, let's just talk about what everyone wants to talk about. Let's, let's talk about the, the big news here. Um, we actually got a super chat about it. Keith's wondering, uh, is waiting for a walkout on the wrestling podcast. <laughs> Raj, Justin and I are good. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys. <laughs> uh, but um, leave your he- leave your headphones on the table. Walk yes. out. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's just get to it. There was a main event a, a match announced. It was a six pack challenge, and then it was changed about forty five minutes into the show to being just a singles match. Uh, we were all confused. That wasn't helped when a, a statement was released. Uh, it was sent to a lot of different uh, wrestling news sources from WWE. It said, when Sasha Banks and Naomi arrived at the arena this afternoon, they were informed of their participation in the main event of tonight's Monday Night Raw. During the broadcast, they walked into WWE head of talent relations, John Laurinaitis's office with their suitcases in hand, placed their tag team championship belts on the desk and walked out. They claimed they weren't respected enough as tag team champions, and even though they had eight hours to rehearse and construct their match, they claimed they were uncomfortable in the ring with two of their opponents, even though they had had matches with those individuals in the past with no consequence. Monday Night Raw is a scripted live TV show whose characters are expected to perform the requirements of their contract. We regret we are unable to deliver as advertised tonight's main event. As of this moment, that is literally all I know. Now, everyone in the chat is saying Twitter's blowing up. I don't know if there's been more news that has come out, but that's it as far as I know. Uh, Raj, have you ever received a um, communication from WWE like this regarding people walking out? Well, they kind of did this when Austin walked out. Um, you know, they, they, you, you don't really hear about people walking out. Uh, Sasha and Bailey were upset when they had to drop the tag titles uh, at WrestleMania years ago. Um, and Sasha left the company for a little bit after that. Well, you know, she did want to quit, but, you know, they kind of worked with her into 
letting her get her her head straight and you know getting you know just taking time off and cool off um so yeah i mean this is you just don't hear about this ever happening you know um and look i don't see wwe releasing sasha and or naomi or maybe one of them to make an example but uh i don't think they want it to seem like if you throw a fit or um if you complain, you can get out of your contract. If you walk out, you can get out of your contract. Because uh, I can tell you, just looking in the past with WWE, uh, when people have asked for their releases on Twitter, they usually don't get it. Uh, whereas mm-hmm. even when they're in you know cutting mode. So I don't see them getting released. I think, I don't know what they do because... I mean, they can just freeze Sasha's contract because I, I, Naomi, I could see them giving her a second chance. This hasn't happened before. Uh, this, and you know, if Naomi says, "Look, I was just, you know, you know, sticking up for a friend, or you know, hanging, you know, uh, just trying to be loyal, or, or what, whatever," I, I can see them giving her a second chance. I don't see them giving, I don't see them giving Sasha another chance just because this has happened before. Um, now, Justin, soon. I can see eventually, but, uh, Justin, this is something that everyone is, is going to ask. So I have to ask it. Is there any chance that this is all just part of the show? Uh, highly unlikely. I know it always has to remain like a half a percent in, in wrestling. You know, Cody Rhodes leaving AEW was a big work <laughs> until he showed up for WrestleMania. Um, right. I'm sure there's others I could think of. That's just the most recent, but no, this this doesn't nothing. And again, I go back to the same thing. Whenever people ask, "Is it work?" What's the point? What what did you just do? Because it was very obvious. It was very sloppy. They were advertising this this the six you know this the six pack, and then the frantic Becky promo in the backstage to kind of veer the situation to to to, to, to you know course correct the situation. Um, they were obviously feeding lines to Corey Graves, who was you know, saying things like unprofessionally, like, I mean, they, they, they were, they, it was obvious that they were handling this as it was going. And as Raj noted, the, the, for WWE to put a statement out like this, you know, if they would have flashed this press release statement that they sent to us on the screen for raw. Yeah. Okay. Maybe then that's because now you're trying to make sure that everybody TV audience and everybody knows what's happening here, but that's not what this is. This is them sending to obviously sites like wrestling who are you know going to cover this and, what's the point there's no benefit this just look it looks crazy and sloppy and it, it's you know obviously sasha's been linked to you know incidents in the past of of, of, of airing her grievances and, and the tough thing for me is i it's kind of a catch-22 on the one hand it's like you know as, as we just talked about a minute ago tony khan's quote about vince and scripts you know and when we talk about you know, bad creative or complacent creative on the one hand you're like part of me wants to be like well good for sasha for standing up and like you know holding her ground and not just but you know and like you 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 think oh maybe that's going to kind of evoke some kind of change or whatever but then on the other hand the the business person to me is like no like you're there you're getting paid well you have a job to do mm-hmm. and you do it um you can ha- you can have your grievances and you can you can fight and scream or whatever behind closed doors with the boss if you have that rapport but at the end of the day when you walk out of that room in front of everybody else, in front, front of your peers, in front of his, in front of the other fellow employees, you, you just need to play ball and do what you got to do. Now, I don't know. What's interesting too in that press release that gives it gives again more information than than it normally ever would. It makes note about them having a, a complaint of, of performing with with two people, 
Now, I believe last week they worked a tag match against Dewdrop and Nikki A.S.H. If I if I remember so, and and those two obviously then ended up missing out on a main event and TV time tonight. So that's kind of interesting. So I mean, again, I you know maybe if you know if if, if Sasha and Naomi almost got really injured or something, whether on TV or whether on a house show loop or something by the by by said two individuals. I mean, maybe there's more to it that it puts more clarity on what Sasha and maybe by proxy Naomi were upset about. And again, maybe, okay, if they're worried about their health, that there's, there's something there that needs to be, but at the end of the day, you know, you just, you just can't handle things this way, you know? And so like Raj said, I don't think they're going to release her. This is not the way to go about it. They're not going to, they're not going to do that because that's going to then set a bad precedent. But uh, if this is the end of the, any, any favorable booking for Sasha Banks, for as long as she's under contract, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, and I, and I did hear from someone uh, from WWE uh, from WWE during the show tonight, and um, it's not at work. Um, and from what I understand, there, there's some higher ups that are really pissed over the situation. You know, look, WWE they they don't play around main events all the time, and <laughs> like matches on the show, that's not a big deal. So to put to put something like this out, you know, they're obviously very upset and uh are, you know are basically trying to to bury Na- Naomi and Sasha a little bit. Do you think that means that they expect that Naomi and Sasha are going to do something publicly to like are they, are they trying to get ahead of something by putting the, the statement out because that that's what's very interesting to me is that they feel the need to address it in any way. But maybe this doesn't ha- I I don't know it's it's I, I don't. I, just, I, I don't really have an opinion on it. One way, I feel like I don't know enough because, like, I don't know what they were at being asked to do. Uh, I'm kind of with Justin in the sense that, like, when you agree to do, when you sign a contract and you're getting paid all this money, it's to do what they tell you to do. But at the same time, I don't know what they said to do. If if they said, "Hey, we want you to fall off a ladder through the announce table," and they say, "No, that seems dangerous," then I'd go, "Well, yeah, you, you got to protect yourself." But at the same time, again, I don't. I don't really know what the situation is, so it's hard to really know. I don't know, but. I went off the rails there for a second, Raj. But uh... well, like again, I just think this is again a very unique situation. You don't ever hear of people wrestling on that show um, walking out. Uh, and again, the last time I could think of was Austin, and that was very real. And you know, they talk about it to this day. Austin says he re- regrets it. Uh, it's one of the, his biggest regrets of his career. Even though I do get where Austin was coming from by doing it, it. I wish people cared more about that with their wins and losses and their character. I feel like it would mean a lot more now, but um, yeah, I, I, it, that's the only other time I can think of the last time, uh, it, at least with WWE. Um, we, we do have a few uh, chats in here. We got um, uh, BM Williams, one, two, one, five, one, one saying, this gives me very much Austin took his ball and went home vibes, which Raj, you just uh, had mentioned there. Very curious to see as more in- information about this comes out. Because like I said, it's a little hard to judge. I feel like I, I don't really know. Well, I mean, and, and again, hopefully we will we will get more, whether it's you know, this week or just in, in the grand scope of time. But like we know, you know, the Austin thing was 20 years ago. While Austin didn't handle it well or professionally, which he admits now, I think we all agree. Like Austin was pissed that they were putting him in an unadvertised match and like right. in a King of the Ring quality. Like you, it, it wasn't like they had like weeks and months to build to it. You literally found out the day of the show you're going to fight Brock Lesnar and you're going to lose. 
<clears throat> so it's not like they even had like some big bill to get a pay-per-view by or, or whatever. Like I'm sure Austin, if they would have built to it, he would have been willing to lose if there's some bigger money to be made. Like, so we all get like what it makes sense why Austin I I I would we we'll have to find out more information on what Sasha was so up in arms about if we can all go, okay, well, yeah, I get it. She, you know, mm. she acted unprofessional, but I get why. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah, Nathan Brooks also adds, uh, I don't blame Sasha and Naomi for standing up. I would like to think one of them turn on each other, which now is dumb, honestly, since they won the titles. A um, little bit of speculation there, I think, since we don't really know what they were upset about. But Yeah, because um, uh, there was a report on Fightful that Naomi was actually supposed to win the match tonight. So, um, so, so that plays into what the press release by WWE says, which is, yeah, this isn't this wasn't about necessarily wins and losses of who's going over. The, the, you know, the, the press release again acknowledges that 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 Sasha and Naomi weren't comfortable with two. Like so this, this goes deeper than wins and losses apparently of what they were not comfortable with. Perhaps, or Sasha didn't like how her loss was done. I mean, this is pure speculation, but it could have been how her loss was treated uh, because it was a, a an elimination match, right? That's what a six pack uh, movie, right? It's like a, it's like a gauntlet, right? So maybe she didn't like her how her creative was for the match. Well, if it's if it's not respecting the tag team titles, maybe I guess to Nathan's point, maybe it was one of them doing something nefarious to get the title shot or or something. But again, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Keith adds in the chat: Sasha unfollowed everyone in WWE on Twitter. Wow, she did that a few days ago. Like that's um, I know people are pointing it out now but I, th- I think it was done like a cu- like sometime more the weekend but yeah oh. so again it could be frustrations have been beyond before today so may some talk about getting scripts over the weekend and things being ripped up monday maybe she got wind of what was going to happen she was you know building her case and her ammo up to herself of okay i'm gonna go talk to vince when i see him at tv monday and this yeah. is the result of that right we, uh, we did get a few uh, chats in regards to some other things we've been chatting about uh, today. Allison uh, Tuckwab in the chat says, Vince McMahon should let his wrestlers do their own promos and creative, I believe, in, in, in regards to the ripping up the scripts. Uh, Justin, I have a feeling you have some thoughts on that. Well, I mean, it's a great – I agree that we, for most talent, you don't want them to be as micromanaged and word for word. And, like, you know, we all can cite back to the great days of the 80s and 90s of some of our favorites that – you just told them, here's what you need to do and go do it. But I, I also understand, again, from a business side, you're a publicly traded company. They, they have so many different partners and relationships and things that they have to balance that you, you do need to have to, to, to cover your own ass a script in place of saying, because that one time the talent goes off and says something that's insanely detrimental to the company whether it, whether it affects a sponsor or it affects it offends a certain group like whatever like and you, and you have to deal with all the all the the the, the crap that's going to go downhill on you it, if you have if you at least can say look we had a script that we told them to do and they went against it versus you just saying oh we just told them to go do whatever it's it's, it's I, I get it there's a, there, but there is a delicate balance i don't think everything should be micromanaged to the point of, of it is for some talents but you can't completely just be wild west these days where it's just like uh go say something yeah, yeah, once I'd you're like, a publicly traded company, you can't just say things publicly. But Raj, you know more about that than I do. Well, yeah, I mean, I'd like to see them have more freedom on their promos for sure, because so much of this the speak on on WWE TV is just not natural. And I feel like 
it could be if if the talents were given a little more more freedom. And you know, I look at someone like Cody, his promos I think are great. Or Roman, they feel real, they feel authentic, and I think they have a lot of input in those. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I, I definitely like to see more of that. Um, and then also, uh, Allison in the chat had a, a couple of questions for us. Uh, she had said, uh, and do you guys know why? And is that true that Ric Flair is going out for another match? Yeah, Allison, we, we chat about that at the beginning of the show. He is having another match, as he stated on Twitter. Uh, Ric Flair's last match.com, I believe. Uh, is where yeah. you can get tickets if you're interested. And then if that match doesn't go well, or like God forbid something happens, like somebody gets injured or somebody gets blown up, or like it just becomes like a just a complete crap show. Like, is he gonna go? Are we gonna do this again? <laughs> get it right then again? I mean, like, what's what's happening? Uh, yeah, it turns out tickets. I bet if it sells a lot of tickets, we might get last match round too. Um, Allison also asked a few questions. Speaking of last matches, uh, in the chat, uh, did they cancel TLC ladders and chairs? And then she, uh, respecifies here, uh, WWE canceled TLC. Would you guys know WWE did that? Did they cancel TLC? They did, at least for now. It, that was the December pay per view. They got rid of it. Now they're doing day one. Um, and yeah, yeah, they basically got rid of the December pay per view, which was TLC. I, they, they, I have a feeling at worst case, they can just throw that into another pay-per-view if they need to. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we also got a, a comment from Zook Enigma who says, as two black female champions, they deserve respect. Um, re- alluding to Sasha and Naomi. Um, well, I don't think it's a matter of whether they're... I mean, it's great that they're two yeah. black female champions. I don't think that's, that's not the point here of what they're... I don't know. I don't think that has anything to do with what their what the problem is. Right. Yeah, and now we know was supposed to win that match, apparently, you know, reportedly. So yeah, so I think we need to know a few more details before we uh we get into the nitty-gritty of of that. But um I'm sure those will come out one way or the other in the woodwork. Um as we continue on, we got a few more live uh few more chats, but we'll save that to we're at the part of the show where they sort of fit in a little bit better uh for now something i think fits in really really well is summer is coming and the sun is shining shirts are off and your balls are smooth you heard that right your friends at manscaped are here to make sure your beach balls are as smooth as floridian sand in summer you want to kill some cold beers and barbecues not kill the vibe with pubes peeking out of your swim trunks that's why manscaped has their performance package 4.0 Keep the party in your pants looking crisp and refreshing all summer long. Dive headfirst into summer by joining the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for hot guys summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code WINC20. Guys, we love Manscaped. It's one of our favorites. It's one of our favorite sponsors. I love uh, I love my using for everything, whether it be chapstick, whether it be shampoo and conditioner, body wash, and of course the uh, the performance package 4.0. But guys, tell tell everyone about how you guys keep trimmed up. <laughs> well, I, I use all their products. I, I use the the lawnmower. I also use the chapstick. I use the the body wash, uh, the shampoo and conditioner. I mean, everything they have is, is just fantastic and it's a quality product i've been using it for years and uh 
even on, on days when they're not a sponsor, I'll sometimes, you know, throw, I'll, I'll mention it because I do actually use it even yep. when uh, they're not an active sponsor. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, oh you're, muted. you're muted. <laughs> there we go. All the stuff they have is awesome, but the king of it all is their lawnmower. The lawnmower 4.0, like that baby, again, it's got the, it's got the, the bright old light and everything. So I mean, like if you're in the shower or whatever, and I mean, unless you got like, you know, you know, unless you're on like the surface of the sun lighting, you know, your shower gets a little shadowy or dark, or whatever. Light does great. It's got the the, the nice uh, ceramic thing, so you, like it's going to reduce the chance of you, you know, blading yourself uh, and, and juicing. It works well. It's waterproof, so that's really good. Like it, it just it does it does the and like that that's the king product for them is the damn lawnmower. So you know that's yeah. that's the thing. Like it, I don't know. It's where it's. Yeah. Your balls will thank you. It's well worth the investment. The The easy thing to do is uh, just get the Performance Package 4.0. It has everything you need to prepare for this, that summer bod. Inside the package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver, ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance box of briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. Their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor and new multifunction on off switch, can engage a travel lock, and gives you the ability to turn the 4,000 LED spotlight on and off when needed for more precise shave. Did I mention this trimmer is waterproof too? From the shower to the lake, from your chest scruff all the way down to your ball fro. The lawnmower 4.0 is Who's the shaving best their balls in a lake. <laughs> Who's in a lake shaving their balls? Hey, when you need you to shave, you need to shave. I like, in a lake. I like to shave in a river next to a waterfall. Just <laughs> who's treading water or wearing a life vest? Hey. <laughs> you can uh, with, I with mean, a unicorn in the background. I like to. That's how I like. Doesn't to need shave. to be plugged in. Oh man. So um once you're downstairs, weeds are taken care of. Look after the rest with Manscaped's liquid formulation before heading outside. Use crop preserver ball deodorant to stay cool in the heat with a soothing aloe vera formula. It's the best in the business for below the waist freshness. This clear drying formula will keep you in tip-top shape at even the hottest barbecue. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their performance pack 4.0, the Manscaped boxers and the shed travel bag that will bring your comfort to another level. Want to take your grooming game even further? Take a look at Manscaped Shears 2.0, a package that has everything you need to look pristine, nail cutters, tweezers, and grooming scissors. With the performance package, your balls will be ready to impress, but make sure you cover the rest with the Shears 2.0, and you'll be ready to perform from head to toe. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code WINC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code WINC20 at manscaped.com. This is the summer to turn your package into the full package with manscaped uh yeah keep it keep it to the shower stay out of the lake <laughs> i agree <laughs> the lake the rivers the creeks the fjords wherever you start be. you start shaving in your lake or rivers you're gonna need a whole lot of that crop reviver to, to, to <laughs> disinfect the smell and what's going on there yeah don't do it at like your gym sauna or the, you know <laughs> you don't just put your foot up on the bench <laughs> 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 start shaving away uh but i do want to say you may not think you need the ball deodorant you need the ball deodorant Absolutely. give yourself do, do yourself and everyone around you a favor get the ball deodorant at the very mm -hmm. least 
Uh, we got a few things here. Ron Taylor says, uh, Sasha and Naomi deserve better. The women's tag titles should be treated like a big deal. The men's tag title are being treated as a big deal. Um, I agree 100%. I've yeah. been saying that for years since they introduced it. Yeah. It, it's such a complete afterthought, and it, it shouldn't be. And if you want a proof of that, when they teased it getting down to NXT and NXT basically said, ah, we're just going to make our own tag team titles. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what, what else do you need? What more proof do you need? Um, but uh, let's get into this show. Uh, and as we do, I always like to give a shout out to everyone who is joining us here in the chat, whether it be Dream Realm Studios, Bernie DC, DMT, uh, Ryan, RYN, The Coog 97, Tuck Graf, Aaron Mick, Ricky Zaldivar, Ethan Cruz, Jax. Hey, Jax, haven't seen you in a while. Dan uh, and uh, Ryan Yankee and everyone else, thank you guys so much. And, of course, if you're listening to us later on the podcast version, hit the like button, share, comment, subscribe, uh, five-star review. Leave a little comment with your five-star review as well. That's always nice to see and read. And, and tweet us and tell us how you're listening, if you're listening to us after the fact. Where are you doing? Where are you? What are you doing? How are you, how are you catching up with us? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, let us know. I always want to. It's it's always interesting to see where where the numbers are coming from. But let's chat about this show. Finally, we're only forty four minutes into the show, fellas. Let's chat about <laughs> let's chat about Raw real quick. Uh, Omos and Lashley in a steel cage. MVP comes out and talks some poop. But the match starts with Cedric, MVP, and Omos ganging up on Lashley. And even though the cage is a supposed to prevent things like that lashley ends up taking on all three before omos throws lashley through the cage ironically giving lashley the win next week we get an almighty challenge justin we had made some uh, references to austin earlier but this match ending felt a bit like austin mcmahon when big show threw austin through the cage uh personally i don't mind that they did it again i thought it still worked but what were your thoughts on this one and how it ended yeah, I mean, that's a classic. Uh, was a February 99, I think, a classic there with Big Show's debut. Um, yeah, I mean, this wasn't uh, original, but <clears throat> few things in pro wrestling are, few things in any any form of entertainment are uh, anymore. Everything's been done to some degree. Uh, I mean, it was fine. It, it, it accomplished exactly what they wanted to do. They want to keep Omos looking strong, powerful for a size, so he's, his strength to throw Bobby breaks the cage. But Bobby gets a win. Uh, obviously, they don't. You know, they they still they're still keeping Bobby at a certain level to tap back into him as a as a, as one of the top baby faces if they need to here for the summer. So uh, it did what it did. It was I'm fine with it. I don't really have any big big problems with it. Um, I, again, I continue just to watch like a hawk Omos and see how, how they treat him each week and and where his where where his future is. Raj, what is this Almighty Challenge, and are you excited to see this go, or do you want this to wrap up? I was kind of surprised that they did this match on TV. Um, it, it just seems, I don't know. Uh, it just seems like, where do you go from here? Like you, you've, you had the steel cage match is usually, you know, the, the blow off. And uh, here it's just kind of continuing the feud. I mean, I look at the, the ending. I loved it when they did it at St. Valentine's day massacre, when it was Vince McMahon mm -hmm. against Steve Austin and big show came in under the ring and, and threw Austin out. Um, they've done it a few other times. Roman Reigns versus Brock. It was similar uh, where Roman speared Brock out of the cage. And there's been a couple oh, others. Right. Yeah. Um, I think Braun and Big Show did something similar. I think Lashley and Umaga uh, did something similar. But th in this case, I thought it kind of sucked because you had Omos, you know, throw Lashley out. And Lashley's feet clearly aren't 
you know, on the on the floor, and Omos is just standing there for like a minute, <laughs> just looking like a dunce. And it's like, go, you go outside the ring, touch the floor, <laughs> do something, or bring Lashley back, do something. Don't just stand there. And uh, yeah. or MVP should have been yelling at him, but yeah, I think Lashley thought he was already. I don't know. I think Lashley thought he was already out or something along those lines, and so he was waiting, and then realized, oh shoot, I gotta get my feet on the ground. Yeah, maybe he thought. His feet were supposed to be on the ground. I don't know. It, something seemed botched there, but uh, it was an awkward ending. And even the announcement, were a little, they're like, despite the unique, unique, <laughs> right, uh, ending of this match, the winner. It was, it was just weird. I thought this, and it, I, it actually wasn't bad until that ending. They had Cedric in there uh, doing a lot of the work, so that made it a lot better. But uh, I thought the the finish was really bad. Justin, this is where, and the theme for this episode, there's a few things here that where it feels a bit like they're starting to drag things out just a bit too long. And I feel like I loved this this rivalry, but to me, it felt like this should have been it. But now we've got another almighty challenge coming up. Uh, can they make this something that's interesting through Hell in a Cell, or is are we kind of on just fill time mode? Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure what, how much more there is to do, but yeah, I mean, what what if the almighty challenge is we upgrade from the cell, we upgrade from the steel cage, and we go to hell in a cell? I, I don't know. Um, this is always a tricky time of year where things do, you know, timelines of you're trying to you're you're, fi- you're trying to get to a certain point. And as we've noted as well, they're going to have three stadium shows coming soon. So it does feel like they're they have a checkpoint of time. All right, we got to keep Omos and Lashley going until this point. How can we fill the weeks? Yeah, hell in a yeah. cell is. You know, it it's weird because I feel like the stip, if you use it at like uh, the Hell in the Cell stipulation at one of these stadium shows, I think it could be a draw. But as a pay-per-view, it just feels like you have to have Hell in a Cell matches because that's the name of the pay-per-view. And it just feels like a like a throwaway show. And it's already kind of seeming like that, that this year. I mean, Roman Reigns reportedly will not be wrestling at Hell in a Cell. And uh, it's looking like, you know, the two Hell in a Cell matches yeah, I mean, at least one is Cody and, and Seth was what, you, what was announced tonight. And who knows what the other, maybe RK Bro and the Usos in a return match, but uh, after this Friday. But yeah, it just, it's just, we're, we're kind of on a, you know, in a treadmill basically until we start getting to the stadium shows. Yeah, even if we knew every year they were going to do a Hell in a Cell match, if if it was sort of floating at different pay-per-views yeah. and when it felt natural, like <clears throat> this is the time you need to use it, it would seem like such a cool thing every time they did it. And it'd almost be like a, like a, uh, I don't know, like a war games where you wouldn't know it's coming. And then eventually it'd be like hell in a cell. You'd be like, Oh, it's happening. But when you see it coming, you're like, eh, okay. Right. It's like, yeah, at the hell in a cell pay-per-view, I want you in hell in a cell. It's just not the same, you know, uh, uh, same pizzazz. Yeah. It's like, I challenge you to the match that one of us has to have on this show. So may as well be us. Uh, we, we move on in the show. Maybe, maybe, maybe they should randomize it. Then you have an event called Hell in a Cell. You make six matches, but you don't tell anybody which two is going to be Hell in a Cell until both competitors get in the ring and then the cell lowers. So it's all That'd big cool. guessing. It's, it's like a lottery. Yeah. That would actually be kind of cool. A lethal like lottery. A- it's uh the twenty four seven title and the cage comes to the house. <laughs> oh, that would actually make sense because everybody's always running from each other. The other day. They can't run. <laughs> and then more and more people keep coming in, and it's like a clown car just filled with people. 
anyway, <laughs> that's why I would never be a good booker. That'd be my, that'd be my WrestleMania. Uh, we have uh, Austin Theory and Ali in a U.S. title match, but no, we don't. Before we get in the title shot, Theory says to expect the unexpected, and Theory tells Ali that The Miz will be the special guest referee again, but Ali will be facing Veer. Veer gets his first real test, and we get a good back and forth before Theory and Miz mess things up for Ali, and Veer gets the win and a pretty cool selfie. The Mysterios then return and take out Veer. Uh, Raj, part of this felt super repetitive because we've seen Miz as the guest referee and all this other stuff, uh, but the addition of Veer and sort of integrating him into this, I thought made this very interesting to watch. Yeah, I, th- I thought this was... Um... I thought the whole segment was entertaining. I thought uh, Veer and Ali actually worked well together. Um, you know, you look at Veer and he, he can move. He's a big guy, but he can move. I, I don't know if the heel character is quite catching on, but uh, he, he's definitely, you can tell he's an athlete. Um, I thought, yeah, I thought this was entertaining. I do think you need to start getting Ali some wins if he's in a U.S. title feud with Theory. Um, but outside of that, you know, uh, the, the match was actually more competitive than I thought it would be. I thought it would be, you know, pretty one-sided squash with Ali getting one hope spot. But, uh, yeah, I thought overall this was really entertaining. I thought The Miz did a great job. I thought Theory was, was outstanding. He impresses me just every week, uh, his poise and the way he carries himself in that ring. Uh, he just carries himself like a star, and and he belongs. and. That can be hard to do, and he he does it so well. So I, I like the whole thing, even though I do think Ali needs to start getting some wins. Again, also standing in the ring with The Miz, who is quite a star himself. Justin, are we going to get a team of The Miz, Theory, and Veer all together? <laughs> no? Uh, no, you, well, maybe on some house shows. That might be those those three versus Mysterios and uh, Ali. Um or that might be on Raw next week. That's very possible. It's very, very possible given the way the WWE books. I definitely see that, actually. Um, yeah. So, uh, look, I mean, this this was a, a nice way to kind of transition Veer. He's been on the jobber, you know, run of beating jobbers for weeks. It's nice to get him back into having a, fre- I mean, a fresh, uh, you know, established opponent. Uh, the selfie thing was hilarious. And honestly, the you know, the, so, and then the Miz getting in there. So, like, that's one of those things. You know, if Theory pans out, you know, if, 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 if what we think is going to happen with him pans out. And if 10 years from now, he has, you know, been one of the biggest stars in the last 10 years for the company. And I could very much see him on a Steve Austin broken skull sessions or whatever the, the hot podcast of the time is that come then. And they're throwing up images of some of the early selfies. And they're actually giving us the selfies that are on that camera roll and him being able to reminisce and tell stories. And I could see that one being one. And if Veer's a star by that point, and Miz is a hall of famer at that point. And it'll just be, I, I, that was just a note I made is like, we are watching some history. He's the youngest U.S. champion. Again, he's you know Vince has given the golden, you know, given the golden touch. So this, I don't know. I was good with this. This was fun. Yeah, this feels very similar to the Randy Orton. Um, what would he call when he was his arm, his shoulders hurt when he was first starting off? Like the, the Randy Orton, the Randy report, or. Yeah. Like yeah. It's, this feels like that that phase of his career where he's doing this. It's kind of silly, yeah. but then I have a feeling it'll like switch and he'll become a, a contender and someone taken very seriously very soon. Yeah. It's 70... like when Cena did the, the really over the top, you know, uh, rapper gimmick, you know, yeah. he ended up toning that down. Yeah. yeah. Randy, Randy's like my shoulder. It's 74% healthy this week. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah. Uh, so we get the return of the Mysterios. Oh, let's uh, get... oh sorry. Go ahead. 
Oh, um, actually, no. Uh, well, well, I th- we're we're gonna get to Joseph Franklin, I think, uh, who has a, <laughs> a chat here. Big fan of the show. Who do you guys think will win Money in the Bank? Also, thoughts on theory. Um, clearly, I think Austin Theory is a um, is a contender for Money in the Bank. But uh, what about you guys? What who do you think will win? And uh, what are your thoughts on Austin Theory? If you have anything else you want to add, Rush. Um, I, I think theory, he's already got the U S title. I don't know if he, I think Cody, Yeah, that would be my, that'd be my favorite. It yeah. does seem almost foregone with him in the, in the <laughs> commercial and him talk about it's America's holiday and he's the American nightmare. And he, I don't know. I, yeah, I could see it being him. He, he seems like the, the slam dunk, uh, person to get it. Yeah. And what's and what city is that show in? Vegas. That's Vegas. Vegas. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. Allegiant uh, Stadium. <clears throat> I feel like there's someone else that might be. I would love to see a, a Seth Rollins get it. I feel like he'd be fun with the with the briefcase. But he's already had it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah think but it's he wasn't new. He wasn't kooky Seth Rollins when he had. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he refers to himself as kooky Seth Rollins, but that's how I refer to it. Yeah. Uh. Speaking but, of which, uh, do you mind grabbing that other super chat as well? Because th- there was one thing they did that was interesting during the show was they had that Cody countdown. Yeah, I was going to save it for when Cody came out, but we'll talk about it now. Bid Moon says, we all know TK was watching the Cody clock tonight. Great show, guys. Yeah, this was a uh, interesting, this Cody countdown. Uh, and Justin, we'll throw this one to you first. Um, do you... Watching this, first off, do you think TK was watching the countdown clock? And two, uh, do you think that there's some pressure on Cody to to deliver numbers when that countdown clock counts down to one? Uh, well, I don't think. Well, I don't think Tony Khan had like an alarm set like to, to check back in at that time. But um, I, I, he probably did see Cody's segment, and I do probably think he watches at least big segments of Raw. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know. That. Look, I mean, if there's pressure, Cody's delivering. Look, since Cody's came back, um, his segments are delivering. He's getting – it's not piped in sound. He's getting natural reactions. You know, he's he, the merchandise seems to be moving. <clears throat> um, look, they're in Norfolk tonight. They legit sold out that the Norfolk scope tonight. I mean, they 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 sold it all out. They even opened up a few sections um, late in the day. That's not – that's not a uh, – that's not a – that doesn't happen every city anymore for WWE for raw. So I'm not saying it's all on Cody, but you know, I just think that, you know, right now he's one of the staples and one of the big things are that you're, that they're, um, the, your, uh, your attractions on raw. So if, if there is any pressure, he's handling, handling it really well. And I think he's delivering. So. Yeah. I think that shows the confidence, like that the company sees in him by basically saying, Hey, he's going to be on in two hours. Uh, make sure you tune in. And they did this last week with his match, you know, they, where they said uh, it'll be at the top of the, you know, wh- whatever, the top of the third hour. And that third hour did the, the hour one to hour three drop last week was only two and a half percent, which is one of the smallest drops from hour one to hour three that they've done. So I think they clearly see Cody as somewhat of a, a ratings mover or, or at least a retainer. And uh, they're putting him. I mean, that's a, a big vote of confidence to be doing that with him. I haven't seen them do that with anyone else before. I, I think the one, the last time would be when they did those Lashley 
Lashley versus The Miz WWE Championship match that they ended up doing three times on that same show. Oh, <laughs> but, yeah, they did do that. Yeah. Yeah. But that would be the only other time I could think of in, in recent memory, at least. Would you like to see them do more of that? The countdowns? I like the Maybe idea. With different people. I like the idea of saying, you know, because Nitro used to do that. Like at the top of this, you know, in the second hour, we have this, and you know, the main event. And you have, they had different announced teams with each, each hour, which I really liked. So I, I like the idea of it. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's, uh, as we continue on here. Oh, how do I get rid of it? I, I accidentally clicked it away from the saved ones and I don't know how to get it off the screen. We can do, we can do this. <laughs> oh, oh, just... perfect. And then now it was okay. <laughs> perfect. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> This is it's we're live, pal. Uh, Becky Lynch, uh, real quick, she has this promo that at the time, before I knew anything, seemed very bizarre. Her saying she wants saying Sasha and Naomi left, and she wants to just be named the champion. We're gonna we're told it's Oscar versus Becky Lynch in the main event. Uh, Raj, I just want to know before we knew everything that was going on. Actually, I don't know when you knew everything. You knew everything, but. Uh, what were your thoughts when this happened? Because I was very much like, wait, why did you tell me there was going to be a six-pack challenge? Only to change it 30 minutes later. Uh, what was going through your head when this happened before the press release and everything else? When I saw it, um, when I saw the change, I thought it was probably something COVID-related. Like uh, mm. they got a COVID test back and someone tested positive. So uh, they, because that's usually what happens is, you know, they, they, when you see these last-minute changes, it's usually something COVID-related. But yeah, so that was that's what I was thinking. And then, but then when they said earlier in the show when they like Sasha and Naomi just took off, that's that was weird. And so that's when it it, it seemed like there was more up. But uh, yeah, it, the the way that that was phrased was was definitely strange. But I, my first thought was COVID. Yeah, just I think all things considered, it feels like they covered it pretty well as far as from a TV standpoint. Like if I didn't know. If I wasn't on Twitter, I would say, oh, okay, this is what's going on. Yeah, I mean, they they made clear that, like, all right, we're changing the main event, and here's why. Um, I don't know. I just, I'm more I'm thinking about this, and I'm, I'm, I'm watching social media. Like, again, I, I can't get away from this statement that WWE put out. <laughs> and yeah. I, have to, I have to wonder. You know, I think, Jack, you asked it earlier. Like, are they trying to get ahead of something? Like, are they anticipating that Naomi, or probably more so Sasha, are they anticipating that Sasha's going to come out? with a whole different story or a whole different perspective. And they, so they're trying to get their facts or point of view out. I just, this is, this is just, it's, they just don't do this. So <laughs> right. I don't know. This is just throwing me for a loop. Like it makes me, I, I wonder something happened that does not look good for anyone involved. And that's why they're trying to get in front of it. But again, that's all speculation. Um, but we get to, as we move on, because we're an hour into the show, <laughs> Matt, uh, we get Riddle versus Jimmy Uso. Lots of outside shenanigans uh, before the unification match on SmackDown. Orton's nowhere to be found, and Riddle takes on both the Usos. Uh, Jay gets ejected, and Riddle gets a roll-up win. Later in the night, we get some cool promos uh, promoting the match on SmackDown. Um, Raj, why wasn't uh, Orton there? Is there a known reason for that, or just kind of a random... Yeah, I don't know. He was advertised as far as uh, the local advertising and everything had him had him listed. So, um, yeah, uh, don't know anything beyond that. Maybe it wasn't needed. So 
don't need to fly him out. It could be. I, I mean, he's got more of a limited schedule, so I'm sure they probably pick and choose his, his dates, especially right now where he's like doing two shows at the same time that, you know, I'm sure they'll, if he says, I want a certain Monday off there, they're, they're going to be more accommodating. Yeah. yeah Just, and, and in this run with RK bro, he's had, I haven't kept count, but he's had a decent amount of Mondays where he just hasn't been there. Yeah. Like in an, an RK bro just continues on with Riddle just being there and Riddle can just say my best friend, Randy, or my partner, Randy, and every, you know, like the train keeps moving. Uh, and then like to Roger's point, now that they have him also appearing on SmackDown too, for the time being for the storyline, if he does have a certain amount of dates that are with where, where he's negotiated that he will do, uh, they, if they feel they don't need to waste a date for him just to stand on the outside, when actually it looks even better for Riddle, the fact that Riddle, you know, was kind of two against one, having both Usos out there they had to deal with, and he still comes up with a victory, uh, it kind of makes Riddle look, you know, that much more whatever. So it's like kind of like, all right, well, let's not waste a date on Randy just standing out there when we can have him on TV this Friday. Did speaking of of him being out there a lot, RK Bro, they've dominated this pretty much handedly outside of I think uh backlash. Um, is this the kiss of death for them in this unification match, Justin? Usually when a team dominates all the way through, once the titles are on the line, they fall short. Is that what you is do we think that's what's gonna happen? I, I kind of lean that way, especially because they're the tag team that everybody's now just kind of waiting for eventually the, for a split. Or, or you know, for them to fight each other, or whatever. So I mean, yeah, if I had to bet, uh, I would say the Usos uh, take this, um, especially again because bigger picture, them and the Bloodline with Roman, it just it looks, just looks and sounds good that they win uh, title unification. So yeah, I, I would lean lean that way. And uh, James, you, you, you think they'll go through with it? The split or the, the unification? unification? <laughs> I mean, I guess I won't believe it until it happens, but <laughs> I'd like to think that if we're following up with it at this point, that we're actually going to finally get it. I still have my doubts. We'll see. But yeah, if there is a winner, I, you got to think it's got to be the Usos. I don't think this is going to happen, but I saw some people say this to me. I had a, I had a response before we this podcast where I shot them down at this, but unless somehow, like I saw some people were like, oh, does this name, is this Naomi stuff going to trickle down to her husband? Who's also, you know, it was one of the Usos. I don't think so for a lot of reasons, but I mean, unless something crazy happens between now and Friday, where like there's like a huge uproar of problems. Yeah. I think the Usos win this. Yeah. Uh, and James Smith in the chat with a super sticker. Thank you so much, James. Thank you. Uh, I think uh, James was at the show. Cause uh, went on to say Cody and Seth dark match was awesome. So I'm sure it was. Um, and then actually James adds uh, a super chat. Thank you, James. Uh, Seth and Cody dark match was awesome. Thank you so much, James. Like, yeah, uh, yeah I think those two can have a bad match. No. Or even an average match. They're just so good. Yeah, two of the best to be doing it right now. Uh, Judgment Day, they have a promo, and they say they want you to join. And I think they're talking to you, Raj, specifically. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, it's very uh, Dark Order-ish. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so they're saying they're open to every. It, it was kind of interesting because they've been like, we hate all you people. But hey, some of, <laughs> some of you, come join us. Very weird uh, changing tactics there. Uh, but then Edge makes the pitch to AJ Raj. This is making me feel like it's going to be Finn that joins. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'd like to see Finn kind of permanently go back to the, the face paint and everything. I think he, he's kind of floundering without it. At the Judgment Day, I just can't get into it. it there's just something <laughs> lacking uh, with it for me. And I, I just think... Uh, Look, if you told me three months ago that Edge, Damian Priest, and Rhea Ripley were going to be in a faction, I'd be like, man, that sounds like the coolest thing ever. 
but by being in this this group you know this this gimmick it just feels just overly gimmicky just they, they don't feel like the truth the true their true selves everything feels bit overly scripted they don't sound natural when they're talking and i'm just not getting into this uh this faction right now I, their old I, self wasn't wasn't their true self this is their true self they've made that very clear right. Right. Uh, go ahead justin no i was just gonna say i mean i i mean i i i know i kind of get what Roger's saying i actually i i buy more into priest and Rhea in this role than i do edge now i know edge is supposed to be the veteran who like can do no wrong and you know he started out he was in the brood so he's got like you know he's got magic in his roots um like I, like I know that's supposed to be a thing but I actually but priest and Rhea look more the part and they they walk and sound more the part to where edge does he is the one where he sounds like he's really trying to read off a script and make me believe in this which that's I mean, that's not that's, that's usually not how it's supposed to be usually the leader is like well we buy into him but I'm not sure about these other guys but no right now it's it's the disciples that I'm saying yeah they they look the part here do you think it's because because I'm with, I'm with you both and I think at least for me it feels like both Rhea and Damian Priest have sort of grown into that so it feels natural where Edge just sort of flipped a switch and changed who he was. I, Damian Priest was going through the Am I Good or Evil and now he's obviously succumbed to the dark side. Rhea Ripley had partners that didn't work out and she's now succumbed to the dark side. Where Edge was like, Hey, I want to match at WrestleMania. I'm evil. And that was it. And now I have magic as well. <laughs> well, I told you last week, Alexa Bliss got the trans. He got she got the wire transfer of the magic over. To her. It actually would have been. It actually would have been kind of you know, Jack. To your point, it kind of actually would have been better if they would have reversed this. If like Priest who's struggling, Rhea who's struggling, they're you know they're both Jekyll and Hyde. If they would have like kidnapped Edge and said, "We're gonna pull you to this dark side." Uh, and, and like and like con- and got and converted the legend, converted the Hall of Famer uh, to go into the star. I think that actually pro- might have had more of effect, and at least would have made more sense than, than the way it's played out. But yeah, it's like all of a sudden I'm a, a like a vampire. <laughs> you know, right. even though we've been seeing you, you haven't been a vampire in you know what 20, 20 years. So it just feels forced. I, I'm I'm just not I'm not getting into it. And. The- the vampire never leaves you. Yeah. yeah, you thought you knew him, but you never but did. But you never did. Yeah. <laughs> On this day, sorry, I can't help it. <laughs> uh, so we have a couple of segments here where Kevin Patrick is chatting with Liv, and she's mad about Rhea Ripley, but Los Lotharios want to kiss her. She says no to the Bullet Club, chases them off, and they have a match. And Liv accompanies them. They get the win. They too sweet at the end. Raj, are we going to get any... Uh, could these guys be title contenders or are one of them just going to turn on each other for Judgment Day? I know. It looks to me like it's, you know, the the six mixed six-man-woman tag with, you know, Finn, AJ, and, and Liv against Rhea, Edge, and Damien. So that just that looks to be their immediate direction. I, I don't see finn turning on them anytime soon although i'd like to see it i think it'd be great but i, I just feel like uh it just you, you need someone with aj right now in this feud justin is it too late for bullet club stuff did they lose their opportunity here <laughs> yeah i think so i mean you can <laughs> you can throw up the two sweet or whatever just to get a few people off here but no i, I actually i would like to put this six this big six put them in a hell in a cell I don't know. Like, uh, I, I don't know. Just to 
but I, I do like the idea of. I know Finn gets a huge pop, and, uh, but I I would love the idea of fresh coat of paint. That being him reversing back to his demon paint and and joining Judgment. I mean, yeah, Finn is just Finn Balor. Is just he, he's just once you see him as the demon. Well, when he comes out, it's just Finn Balor. It's like, oh, well, who cares? I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Just, that's just kind of what it feels like. I think he's been stuck too long as Finn also. And since <clears throat> we know the demon's there, we're like, well, give us the demon. The demon's cool. Finn. Well, yeah. Every, is- meaning- <laughs> every meaningful match or thing he's ever done and won, he's been the demon. Like, he never, like, that's the problem with having the, that kind of a character is like, if it all, if you all, if it always takes turning into the next level to the demon for you to like, avenge your your story i i lose all faith in you being you know i i i, I lose all faith in 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 clark kent you know right what I mean? like if, if if i know it's gonna have to take for you to conquer the world then why do i care about the guy in the plain street clothes mm-hmm. right so um speaking of demons and magic and everything else alexa bliss had a match for sonia deville bliss comes out with her doll and a new theme and they run it back with sonia deville Sonia ends up costing herself the match by trying to remove the turnbuckle and the referee tries to fix it and misses a pin and eventually Alexa gets the win after the match. Uh, Sonia hits the ref and storms off Raj. I want to ask you about this doll. If the doll is just a doll, she brings out because it sells merch. Are you cool with it or does it still bug you? Eh, I'm fine with it as long as it's not winking and you know causing uh, boxes to fall on Shayna Baszler and all that other stuff. Um, uh, it's it's fine. I get why they're doing it. It makes sense. I'd do the same thing if it's making a ton of money. But at least they got rid of the the, the crappy gimmick for Alexa. She's way better like this. What if it winks but it doesn't take over people's minds? Well. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just, Speaking of which, we should we should have a wink Lily doll. I was about to say we, I was looking wink <laughs> W I like I. Oh look. my goodness! Yeah, see, Raj, it's there. Branding. There Let's we go. <laughs> Somebody asked earlier about a, a podcast walkout. I'm walking out if by the if by this time next week I'm not doing the podcast unless I have a Lily doll shipped to my house from Raj, so I can have it accompany me uh, here on the podcast with a wink. With a wink. <laughs> it's gotta it's gotta have it. She'll be wearing an movements. Under Armour hat and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, this uh now Alexa Bliss has been champion before, and I'm sure she could eventually get there again. But my question to you is do you think Alexa could get back to the title by SummerSlam? Um that's, that's hard to say. Look, I I it's I mean, in a way it's nice to see her back, but I, I don't I don't know how interesting Alexa is just in the, I don't know how to describe. Then the plain character, it's just Little Miss Bliss. Or I, I don't know how. I mean, she's fun in the ring, and I don't know, but I, I just don't know how. That's that's kind of why I gave the whole stuff with, with her doing the the crazy because like at least it gave like some layers of stuff for me to try to like analyze or or, or define her. I don't I don't know. I like, if you ask me to define who's Alexa Bliss, I, I have a hard time really defining that, and so I don't know. I don't, I really don't know. Yeah, it's it's almost like what we we're saying with the demon, where now that we've seen her all dressed up with all this stuff, whether or not we like magic Raj, uh, it, it was like a big grander version of her. So then when you take all that away, you're like, oh, well, what about all the other stuff? It feels like there's not as much stuff going on. Yeah, I think, a, you know, down the road, a quick heel turn or something will will get her back. But I, I think right now they're just kind of getting her back in the mix and, and then figuring out where to go. And and now it looks like, you know, with Sasha and Naomi, 
um, you know, being out of the picture possibly uh, kind of opens up some some new spots for for Alexa Alexa to be uh, to go up. So we uh, we move on through the the show and Cody Rhodes the countdown finally gets down to zero and he comes out and Seth says Cody won't take anything from him ever again but Cody quotes the iconic rock band Lit and says that he's his own worst enemy. Then Cody says he was dead inside of Stardust, and that just broke my heart. But then he says he's going to embrace the nightmare and says that he wants to run it back, but this time inside Hell in a Cell, and that gives video Seth the giggles. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Video Seth. uh, So, Raj, I think I feel like this is another one of those ones. Personally, I've loved this rivalry, but I definitely feel like I'm ready to move on from it. But they're I know they're going to tear it up in Hell in a Cell, so I feel like it's worth it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you got to have Cody win again, right? And that's that's kind of odd doing, uh, you know, a top star losing three pay per views in a row. But I mean, it, it's it's something. I, I mean, who else do they got right now? And and again, they don't want to move on to a, a new big feud for Cody until. Uh, until we start getting into the stadium shows. So yeah, it's kind of a placeholder. Yeah. yeah I don't, I don't see how they have Cody lose in hell in a cell. And it'll be exciting. because That's his first hell in a cell. I think ever, I don't think he ever had one in this previous WWE run, but like Raj said, I mean, this is going to be Seth losing all three of them. And then by mind you, but prior to WrestleMania, Seth couldn't win a damn match. And that was the whole reason why he like, you know, needed a match. Like, so, yeah, I don't know. I like and and Seth. Look, Seth Rollins also has a history of let's let's not forget. Like he, they get inside a Hell in a Cell sometimes, and creatively gets kind of a little, little, little wacky. Let's let's go back to the Hell in a Cell yeah. Seth versus the Fiend. So, yeah. I, I'll be very. Hopefully, they have the script figured out before the day of that show of how Seth is going to be booked and how they're going to get to this finish. Assuming again, Cody wins because I think we all agree. You know, then he goes to Money in the Bank, and he's he's, he's probably a top a top pick to to win that. So. Yeah, when's the when's the draft again? I always forget when the draft is. They they change it all the time. But there's I, there's no date set right now. I mean, usually they oh. do it like start of the fall season, but that you know. I was gonna say if he loses again, I feel like he'd have to get drafted to a different brand and just kind of start over. You don't even have to. Do, you don't. You don't even need a draft. I mean, look, Lacey Evans just all of a sudden showed up as a raw. Like they don't. They can just arbitrarily just have somebody yeah. go somewhere. The, 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 the draft is. That's I true. Yeah, it's it doesn't doesn't matter. Um, well, speaking about changing, changing your surroundings, sometimes you can just change yourself. And that leads me to Ezekiel. Uh, the DNA that Alpha Academy uh, collected was contaminated by barbecue sauce. And that just made me giggle myself. Uh, so we get Chad Gable versus Ezekiel and they kill it in the ring. Uh, KO kills it on commentary. I, again, these guys, uh, anyone else, if you put any other person in this situation, and this would be very horrible to watch but for some reason these guys all make it work justin i love this any thoughts on your part same yeah i do what what on paper could be one of the weirdest things all right we're gonna have elias shave his beard he's gonna go out and say that he's his younger like this, this could be some bad shit but they've actually really made this entertaining um yeah yeah so i, I look forward to these segments with with all of them ezekiel gable owens it's fun yeah, even the Ra and Raj, the uh, him wanting to keep them to keep putting the graphic up and getting mad that the graphic doesn't have the right name. It was, <laughs> I was getting a good laugh out of it. It was so stupid, but it was fun. I like it. And Owens, you know, I, he's just great in that role. And uh, anytime he's on, it's just money. Yeah. Um, Real quick, that- 
Yeah. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Uh, I got another uh, Naomi Sasha update. This is from Fightful. Uh, according to, to Fightful, um, people close to the situation were saying that Naomi and Sasha didn't claim that they didn't want to work with Becky Lynch or Asuka. Um, and, you know, WWE statement implied that they didn't want to work with two of the women in the match. And they said they were actually angling to work with Nikki Ash and Dewdrop at the pay-per-view, but were turned down. Um, and that it wasn't a case of Sasha and Naomi considering anyone unsafe, uh, like the statement said. So, um, so yeah, that's what appears to be part of the problem. So they didn't, so they didn't want to be in the match with Nikki ASH and Dewdrop because they didn't want to have it. They didn't want to be in a ring with them until the pay-per-view. Uh, that part's not clear, but it says. But weren't they in a match with them last week? Yeah, they they were. Yeah, so it, it, they're claiming this is saying that Sasha and Naomi never had a problem working with anyone uh, that was involved mm. with the match, and it was quite the opposite that they actually wanted to have a pay per view match with Nikki Ash and Dewdrop uh, at the pay per view, but that was turned down, and then there was a pitch to have them instead interfere in the Naomi versus Bianca Belair match at the pay-per-view. And then that was also turned down. So looks like they weren't getting anything for the pay-per-view, uh, which is one of the issues. So if, I mean, if that's true, so that, so that would then lend you to believe that like, yeah, they were trying to protect the status of these tag team titles and which all the more reason of why they would just drop the titles on the desk and say, okay, bye. Like if they did think this makes no sense for this, these titles and for any build to anything with them. Right. Hmm. Interesting. The plot thickens. It certainly does. Like I said, I'm sure I, I'm sure we'll hear their side of it at some point too, and that'll be interesting as well. Raj, can't you get that exclusive? Just call them up. Yeah, let me uh, let me text them real quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so our uh, truth is going around getting people divorced. Uh, Akira is his next victim. Uh, then he chases off Dana Brooke and Brooke runs into Carmella. Carmella, watch out if you want to keep your marriage together. Our truths divorcing people. Uh, but uh, he, those two have some verbal barbs. They trade with each other, and Carmella agrees to help Truth get the title as long as she gets Dana Brooke. Justin, this was flinty. Uh, I don't know why Carmella is so mad at Dana Brooke just because she bumps into her, but it's a 24 7 title. I just go with it. <laughs> Any, anything to take away? Next. <laughs> Raj, should uh should Corey Graves be worried that our truth is so close to Carmelo when our truth is just divorced two weddings or two married couples? <laughs> I guess he should be. Didn't think about that. <laughs> I'd be I'd be very concerned about yeah. Corey Graves. Like, get away from Carmelo. Every, every person you talk to gets divorced, our truth. Uh uh. So we move on and Lacey Evans comes out and she supports the troops, kind of gives a, a a bit more uplifting version of the promo, the pre-tapes she's been doing uh, here in person. And the crowd's happy with her. Seems very lovable. Um, there were reports, at least maybe that I saw that it seemed like they wanted her to be a jerk, but she seemed very likable here. I We're bringing the pre-tapes to the, to the ring, Raj. Any, anything new to bring? Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I got nothing. Yeah, no, it's, um, I think I lose to last week. Like, like one minute, she's the narcissistic Southern belle, you nasties. 
now all of a sudden mm-hmm. she's Miss USA. Uh, like I just, I, I just, it's Lex Luger. Like give her the Lex Express. It's all over again. What's old is new. Um, they really should, I think. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad they're actually embracing her real history. I mean, that that makes a lot more sense and maybe could turn into something. I, I don't. We would need somebody who was there to actually tell me if if there was any bit of a, a real reaction to her promo and to what she said tonight. But um, yeah, I don't know. But by the way, WWE uh, WWE's Twitter, like just a minute ago, just tweeted the official statement on Sasha and Naomi. It's the same press release. But they just tweeted it now. So now they're tweeting. Ah, <laughs> what, mm, they want that? it out. They want it so, out. So Lacey, um, so with Lacey, she definitely didn't seem like a heel at all this week. Like, because that was yeah. one of the reports was that she's actually going to be heel on Raw. But it, it definitely didn't seem like it tonight. So I don't know if it's one of those things where she slowly turns or they they change their mind. But I don't know. For right now, this character does seem like it's, you know, it's. She should be a baby face. Was this, and again, me just trying to fill holes here, but do you think that this happened because they needed to fill time because of the change to the main event? Because she kind of just came out and said, I'm here to support the troops. And it wasn't really, and, yeah. and we can do it. It didn't really feel like there was like a story beat to it, but I don't know. It's possible. Yeah. Um, well, let's get to this main event. We got Becky versus Oscar, number one contenders match, and um, it's uh, the main event we get. And it's uh, yeah, I actually thought that outside of the shadow that was kind of hanging over it at this point, because at this point Twitter was a buzz, and we all kind of knew something was going on. I thought this was actually pretty solid. I thought these two did really good, and we got an actual finish that ended with Oscar uh, getting the win after she used the green mist, a favorite of mine. Um, Oscar is the number one contender, Justin, and Jimmy says the collapse of Becky is complete. Uh, yeah, I like this too. Uh, yeah, Oscar, I'm glad to see her back and you know coming right back and find herself back up in the title picture. And uh, yeah, the collapse of Becky that's that's interesting. Um, where they're gonna ultimately go with go with this, but uh, yeah, for what it was, I mean, they didn't give them a ton of time. Uh, again, we, I think we all know why, you know, but it. it it was fine, but you're right. Shadow over top of this. This was definitely, you're watching this, but yeah, constantly just thinking like, oh man, this is, we know this is the audible. We know this is plan B. Yeah, Raj, this would have been, they would have had every excuse in the world to give us a schmoz finish, but they gave us a real one. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, and I, I liked it, you know, with the Oscar blowing the mist in, in Becky's eyes and getting the win. And, you know, they didn't have much time. During the show, they found out that, you know, they'd be wrestling each other in the main event and, and you know, to then try to piece it together and granted they didn't get a ton of time uh but still i thought i thought this match was you know really good for what it was and and to your point it it had a real winner so yeah they're going with oscar and bianca and so the fact that the original plan was to go naomi and bianca uh, makes me think that the, the original plan was for oscar and bianca later in the summer at one of the stadium shows so looks like they pushed that up well, that'll be a good one anyway, so I'm I'm okay seeing Oscar and Bianca. That'll be fun. Um, I think that does it for the show. I think that does it for us, unless you guys have any other thoughts. I thought this one, outside of the dark cloud that hung over it, it felt like a fun summer episode of Raw. Like it's, it's some repetitive stuff, but some interesting things along the way. I enjoyed it. I don't know. What did you guys think? What did you guys in the chat think? Let us know, too. I thought outside of the, the news that happened tonight, it felt like it was enjoyable enough, but you, you miss it and you didn't really miss anything. 
Oh well, well, that's, that's... well even the even the black <laughs> cloud of news made this an interesting night. I mean, let's yeah. again, we're again we we get to be the ones watching the car crash. We, you know, we this gives us fodder of stuff to talk about. I mean, it, you know, so and it's going to continue to be the gift it's going to give all week. Um, <laughs> I, I thought it was a, it was a, it was an interesting show overall. You know, it was again, yeah. If you didn't watch, you could tune in next week and get yourself caught up. But it it certainly wasn't uh, as painful to watch as some of the other episodes. So. Yeah. I, I've always wanted if I had the money to do like a big research thing, I'd want to get like a hundred people to watch every episode of WWE programming and then just rate the pay-per-views or the premium live events and then have someone who just watches the premium live events and rate the premium live events and see if the ratings are any different, like based on actually watching the show. Cause they keep you up to date so much with their replay packages and things. I, I wonder if, you actually get anything out of watching every week or if you could just watch the packages on the shows and be like, Oh, I get it. Oh yeah, you can. I, I miss like, uh, there was a, a busy period, uh, that I was going through there for a little bit. And the, for WrestleMania backlash, I missed like three episodes of SmackDown, uh, for the most part. And I was pretty much all caught up just watching the, the packages. Yeah. I, I missed the second half of SmackDown this week and I kind of feel like I caught up. Just watching the back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the unification <laughs> match was pretty much it. Right. Yeah. They, they pretty much told me. So I was like, Oh, okay. But Hey, that's, that's how you book to get casual fans in. Right. That's how, that's how you book to, to do three stadium shows in a row is, <clears throat> is, is you can bring in a fan that's doesn't have to commit, you know, five hours every week to watch. Right. 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 So. Well, and the, the uh, ratings this week should be interesting because tonight there wasn't any strong sports competition. So, you know, obviously the playoffs do take a chunk of, of raw ratings, you know, of, of all the wrestling ratings uh, this time of year. But I'm also curious to see just how much of it is just WWE being in cruise control and, and not doing anything. And I think we'll see how much they're up tomorrow. If they're up a lot, you know, kind of what they're doing pre-WrestleMania, then it's then we know it's all the NBA playoffs. Uh, mm-hmm. If they're only up a little and they're still down from what they were down, you know, in the 1.7 to 1.8 range, which is lower than what they were doing before mania. Then we know there's also other, some other aspects as well. Well, I usually, like I said, I'm not, I usually don't get too far into the ratings, but I'm very curious to see what the Cody segment does since they literally had a countdown to him coming on. And I want to see if that actually got people to change over or tune in or do anything yeah. there. Um, I'll be curious. Probably will be the same as always, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what week, I like. it worked last week, but that was also for a match. And this week it's, it, it wasn't. Um, but, but yeah, I think that does it for us. Uh, I want to thank everyone in the chat. We got Travis Bickle, Bernie, DC, Fred, Wright, baby ice night one, uh, Tony Kaname Karan. Uh, let me know if I said that right. Uh, Sony Sitar, Sonny Sitar, Tutgraph Y2J, Iron Meds, uh, IP Soldier 301, and uh, Stalking You underscore. Uh, thank you guys for joining us live. Make sure to check out the NXT After Show on Wrestling Inc. tomorrow. Make sure to check out the uh, Dynamite After Show on Wednesday and the very special Thursday, 25 years of getting it done wrestling ink show on thursday with special guest uh, uh, i'm gonna have to change that oh it's, uh yeah so it'll, maybe next week it's just this time of year it's all this family stuff with the girls getting out of school so uh i'll keep you guys updated on that
So tune in Thursday for the average ho hum to catch it any week. <laughs> we might Thursday. not have a podcast on Thursday. <laughs> so but sit tight on Thursday. <laughs> uh, Friday. For Thursday, out. catch either the Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday podcast that you missed live. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Friday, of course, is SmackDown and Rampage. <laughs> I don't know. Figure you have something else to do with your time. I'm not your keeper on Thursday. Do whatever you want. <laughs> you get a night uh, off. Buy your Lily dolls. Right. Buy your Lily dolls. Uh, but make sure to follow Wrestling Inc. on social media. Follow at Real Jack Farmer. Follow at Justin Labar. Follow at The Raj Geary. We deserve it. Why not? I don't know. Uh, that does it for us. Uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow. NXT After Show. Goodbye. <laughs>